0: Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our all 32 NFL fantasy football team previews. We're going to be breaking down where each offense stands heading into the 2023 season, where all of their players rank in redraft, dynasty, and best ball formats, and pretty much just my general opinion of each offensive skill player in the NFL. We are finishing up our tour of the EAFC North today, and we're going to be doing the Pittsburgh Steelers for today's preview. Now, if you like what you hear on the audio format, please rate and review the podcast on Spotify, Apple. Or wherever you listen. It really does help me out a lot. And if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. It really does help me out a lot. Y'all, I'm not kidding. I used to think that like content creators were just asking for that stuff for no reason, but now that I'm doing it, I realize it really does go a long way. Helps the videos get noticed, really does help support the channel, and I really do appreciate it. Now, I'm going to be talking a little bit about best ball on this episode. If you want to try out best ball drafts, I highly recommend doing so on Underdog. Use my promo code MCONLEY88 to get your first deposit matched up to $100. Link is in the description on YouTube. Uh, It's also um, pinned to my Twitter profile at Mike's Money Picks as well. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get started with the Pittsburgh Stewards preview. But first, a quick word from our friends at Spotify. So the Pittsburgh Stewards offense went through a little bit of a transition in the 2022 season. They were not a great offense, but when you look at it, it was their first year without Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback since 2004. They brought in Mitch Trubisky to kind of be the bridge quarterback. And, um, Bridge didn't hold up very long because I believe it was week four um, that they went to Kenny Pickett as the starter full-time, and Kenny Pickett as a rookie was the starter for the rest of the season. Now, like I said, this offense was not that effective. They were not that effective in 2021 with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback, and they just weren't great in 2022 either. They finished 23rd in total yards and 26th in points per game last year, and the sad part is they were kind of better when Mitch Trubisky was at quarterback. They averaged 21.25 points per game with Mitch Trubisky starting, uh, compared to their season long average of 18.1. So um, I think you could attribute a little bit of that to the weaker competition, but. The, the offense did score more points when Mitch Trubisky was active. They did average more turnovers, but they did score more points as well. Now, also, I lo- looked at this for every team. Pittsburgh ranked 13th in the league in rush rate, meaning that in terms of all their play calls, um, when you sort by the percentages, rush, rush versus pass, they were 13th in rushing, which means that you can inverse it. They were 20th in pass rate. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the quarterback position. So the quarterback heading into 2023 for Pittsburgh is going to be Kenny Smallhands Pickett, and he finished last season as QB 28 overall and QB 30 in fantasy points per game with 12.2. Not exactly encouraging. He never had a weekly finish better than 12th and never scored more than 20 fantasy points in a game. Also not encouraging. Now, what is kind of encouraging is his numbers kind of set himself up for a little bit of regression. He ranked 21st in the league in air yards, meaning that he was taking, you know, he was getting a lot of attempts, and a lot of those attempts were going down the field. So there's a little bit of good passing volume. And then he only threw for three touchdowns, which means that I think that he's going to be due for a little bit of regression this year in terms of his touchdown rate. Um he averaged a very low percentage of Touchdowns per pass attempt, and his accuracy got better as the season went on. He ranked second in the league in catchable pass rate, meaning that he was just delivering accurate ball after accurate ball to his receivers. Um, and you know whether or not they got dropped, that that's not his fault. So uh, Kenny Pickett, as a rookie last year, not exactly a great season, but the bottom line for him heading into this year is I do think that he is heading for some positive regression statistically. I do think that. Rookie quarterbacks tend to have a little bit of a jump from year one to year two. And if Kenny Pickett has that jump, he can be a viable fantasy quarterback. I think he's a very intriguing best ball pick because I think he's virtually free in drafts right now in best ball. In redraft, I'm probably avoiding him. I think there's other better backup options out there. In dynasty, I think he's a solid, solid guy to have on your roster. But I hope you don't have to start him this year if you are in a dynasty league. Kenny Pickett is my quarterback 20 for the 2023 season. All right, so that does it for the quarterbacks. Let's go ahead and break down the running back position. So at running back, Najee Harris is kind of the bell cow or the perceived bell cow in this Pittsburgh backfield. In 2021, Najee Harris was outstanding from a fantasy perspective. He finished running back three overall and running back six in fantasy points per game in that rookie season. However, this past season in 2022, he was not as good. He regressed to running back 14 overall and running back 19 in fantasy points per game. A big reason for this is a lighter load in the pass game. In 2021, Big Ben was basically just checking it down to Najee, every opportunity he could get, just getting the ball out of his hands, getting easy pass completion, and just seeing what Najee can do with it after the catch. His His receptions dropped from 74 in 2021 to 41 in 2022. He saw a big regression in terms of target rate, target share, and total targets, as well as that drop in receptions. Now, Harris was still one of the bigger workhorse backs in the league in terms of dominating his backfield. He ranked in the top 11 in snap share, opportunity share, and weighted opportunities. The downside is that's further back from where he was in 2021. In 2021, he ranked top three in all three of those categories in snap share, opportunity share, and weighted opportunities. So it's not exactly a good sign for Najee Harris that his total workload went down and his effectiveness with that workload went down. Now, it wasn't highly publicized, but I think Najee Harris might have actually been battling a little bit of an injury at the start of last season. He you know, he never missed a game, but his effectiveness was just night and day when you look at the two halves of the season. So in total last season, Najee Harris totaled three weekly top 10 finishes and nine weekly top 20 finishes, which, Not bad numbers, if I'm being honest. However, all three of those top 10 finishes and six of the nine top 20 finishes came after the Steelers' week nine bye. I really think that... Harris used that week nine bye to get healthy, to get back right, and kind of end the season with a little bit more explosiveness, a little bit more pep in his step, and a little bit more effectiveness in both the run game and the pass game. If you look at solely weeks 10 through 18 last year, in other words, after the Steelers bye, Najee Harris ranked as running back nine in fantasy points per game in that stretch. I think that's very encouraging. I really do. I think it's a sign of his improving bill of health, um, and and I think that that is generally something that you can bank on heading into the season, that you're going to get second half Najee Harris, not first half Najee Harris. Now, Najee Harris's backup is Jalen Warren, who finished as running back 54 last season in fantasy points per game, and he had a 31.6% snap share, which is... Not very high. It's more than he had in Najee Harris's rookie year in 2021. Oh, um, well, I don't even think it was Warren as Harris's backup in 2021. I think that was another back, but the 31.6% was the highest for a Steelers backup running back in the last two seasons. Now, Warren only had two top 25 weekly finishes. Like we said, Najee Harris did not miss a game. So those came with Najee Harris playing. And in both of those performances, Najee Harris was top 25 in the week also. Now, Jalen Warren is one of these training camp guys where you got a lot of people hyping up how good he looks in training camp and how the Steelers are going to utilize him more, but that's really yet to be seen how that is going to pan out. So heading into the 2023 season, here's the bottom line for the Steelers running back room. The transition away from Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback hurt Najee Harris' fantasy value because of the less workload in the receiving game, but the way he ended last season is really encouraging. It's a reason for optimism heading into next year. I think you're going to see a product that's closer to the RB9 that he ended the season as than the RB19 that he started the season as. Jalen Warren does have that mini camp hype. But I see him as just a handcuff right now. He's not a guy that's going to eat into the passing down work for Najee Harris. He's not a guy that's going to eat into the goal line work for Najee Harris. Najee Harris does both of those things pretty well. So I don't really see a whole lot of lucrative outcomes for Jalen Warren unless this turns into a full-blown committee or if Najee Harris gets hurt, and I don't see either of those two things happening very likely, so for that reason, in my rankings, Najee Harris is my running back 13, Jalen Warren is my running back 57. In terms of best ball drafting, I would prefer handcuffing another backfield than this one because... I like, when I do handcuffs in best ball, I like to handcuff guys that could have standalone value if both of the running backs are active. Like right now, I would have no problem drafting um, DeAndre Swift and Rashad Penny, because there's a scenario where both of those guys have a top 10 week at the same exact time with how much Philly runs the ball and how different their roles in the offense are going to be. I would not want to stack Harris and Warren. Harris does pretty much every aspect of the game well, and so for Warren to have a good day, it would either have to be just because the snaps were about 50-50, which means that neither of them is going to have a ceiling week, or it would mean that Harris is going to be hurt. So you're looking at only getting points from one of them. So if you're stacking a, one backfield and best ball, this is not not a backfield that I would be personally looking to go for. All right, that does it for the running back position. Let's go ahead and switch on over and talk about some wideouts. outs. So, the Pittsburgh Steelers ended 2022 with two receivers in the top 40, but none in the top 30 in fantasy points per game, largely due to the ineffective passing game that they had with Mitch Trubisky and then Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Deontay Johnson last year finished his wide receiver 28 overall and wide receiver 39 in fantasy points per game without scoring a touchdown. If I'm not mistaken, he set a league record throughout the entire history of the NFL for most targets without a touchdown on a season. He ranked sixth in the league in total targets with 147, and he ranked 13th in the league in target share at 27%. Now in 2021, with Ben Roethlisberger quarterback, Johnson had decently comparable numbers to last year, in terms of the total number of targets. And he had a 28.5% target share. However, in 2021, he scored eight touchdowns instead of zero and finished his wide receiver eight in fantasy points per game. So what I think you're looking at is Johnson's realistic range of outcomes is probably somewhere in between the zero touchdowns he had last year and ranking wide receiver 39 fantasy points per game and the eight touchdowns in 2021 where he ranked his wide receiver eight fantasy points per game. I think those are his absolute floor and absolute ceiling in the last two seasons. Now, in terms of the other receivers on the roster, George Pickens finished his wide receiver 40 overall as a rookie last year, and he was wide receiver 48 in fantasy points per game. Now, Pickens did not command a lot of targets. He ranked 48th in the league in total targets with 85 and 58th in the league in target share at only 15.6%. Now, Pickens was pretty efficient with those targets and his targets did come in lucrative areas of the field he ranked pretty high in red zone target share he ranked really highly in contested catch rate uh, and he also had a decent number of deep targets as well so those are things that you like to see however what we also like to see is when you look at you know the analytics on the receiving profile we like to see that the guys are open the the receiver is getting open on the route so that way the quarterback can throw it to him more often and that was not happening for Pickens the reason why he had such a high contested catch rate is because he was not getting open from the corners and so there was nowhere else to throw it other than to have it be a contested ball so I think that you know encouraging is the location and the kind of just the lucrativeness of his targets but not encouraging is the fact that he's not earning a whole lot of targets by not generating a whole lot of separation as a wide receiver. Now, in the offseason, the Steelers also added Allen Robinson. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, he, he kind of looked cooked last year for the Rams. And so I'm willing to leave Allen Robinson on the waiver wire in redraft leagues, and in dynasty leagues, and hey, if he shows up, you can add him on waivers. He's not a guy that I'm going to be drafting. He's not a guy that I'm going to be considering, unless you're in a super deep league. In best ball, he's worth it as a late round stack. I don't see him as anything more than that. If you got Kenny Pick and you got Deontay Johnson, then that might be a guy you could stack with. Now, in terms of weekly outputs last year for the Steelers wide receivers, Deontay Johnson had three weekly top 25 finishes, which Considering he never scored a touchdown, that's not terrible? I mean, it's not good, but it's not terrible either because finishing top 25 without scoring a touchdown is actually kind of difficult. And George Pickens in last season had six weekly top 25 finishes. However, he had a lot more floor games as well where he was nowhere near the top 25. No other Steelers receiver last year had a weekly top 30 finish. And the Steelers never had a week where two receivers finished inside the weekly top 30. Remember that when you're constructing your DFS lineups this season, if you're stacking the Steelers offense, don't just jam wide receivers in there because they're not gonna both have sign Simultaneous good games. Now, in total last season, the Steelers targeted wide receivers at the 19th highest rate in the NFL last season. Now, if you thought that I was you know, a little out of pocket with what I said about Allen Robinson, none of those stats should encourage you any more about Allen Robinson with the fact that the Steelers struggled to generate ceiling performances from the wide receiver position last season. Now, here's the bottom line for the Steelers this season. Deontay Johnson is a prime candidate for positive regression, but the overall lack of volume in the passing game with them being a run-heavy team, with Kenny Pickett not being a guy who throws super deep downfield creates a fairly low ceiling for Johnson, George Pickens, and Allen Robinson. Heading into next year, Deontay Johnson is my wide receiver 29 with upside, and George Pickens is my wide receiver 39. The one thing I will say about Deontay Johnson, I'm a little bit higher on him than consensus right now, and I think he's being drafted pretty close to his floor. Now, granted, I think where he's being drafted is a realistic range of outcomes, but it's also closer to his floor than to his ceiling, which means that I, I would tend to draft guys that their value is currently at their floor instead of their ceiling. On the other hand, Jamar Chase is being drafted as wide receiver two off the board when it's much more likely with the, with his volatility that two is his ceiling not his floor. His floor is much lower than two. So I hope that makes sense. But I, I, I view Deontay Johnson as a guy who's very draftable right now because I think his ceiling is a lot higher than where he's being drafted. All right, that does it for the wide receiver position. So let's go ahead and talk some tight ends. Pat Fryermuth. In his second season in the league last year, finished his tight end seven overall and tight end twelve in fantasy points per game. He ranked fifth among all tight ends in targets with ninety-eight, and ninth among all tight ends in target share at nineteen percent, while ranking only twenty-first among tight ends in snap share at sixty-nine percent. Moral of the story, when Pratt when Pat Fryermouth was on the field, he was on the field to catch the ball. In the you know, to kind of rephrase Cardell Jones, he wasn't there to play blocker he was there to catch passes. All right now Pat fryer did have a very high average depth of target and number of deep targets for the tight end position and I tried to come up with a reason why that is and they kind of utilized him on these seam routes last year. That was kind of one thing they did. He's not a speed burner so he's not a guy that's going to like win deep balls and like break it for 80 but they can use him down this seam as a big body and in a good place for Kenny Pickett to kind of you know, throw to a trusty, dependable target. Now, Pat Friermuth did have eight weekly top 10 finishes last year, two of which were top five weekly finishes, and he only had five weeks outside of the weekly top 20. So what you're seeing with Pat Friermuth, pretty sound floor, decently high ceiling. I kind of like Pat Friermuth. Heading into next season, the bottom line for the Steelers tight ends is that Pat Friermuth is a high floor, Relatively low ceiling option who should be drafting as a starting tight end. I'd really like his value in best ball right now. Um, He is my tight end eight heading into the 2023 season. If we were more confident about Kenny Pickett making the jump from year one to year two, I think you could draft Deontay Johnson a lot higher. I think you could draft George Pickens a lot higher, and I think you could draft Pat Fryermuth a lot higher as well. So if you're a Kenny Pickett truther. I think the way to put your money where your mouth is this season wouldn't be to draft Kenny Pickett. It would be to draft Johnson, Pickens, and Fireman because if Pickett does make that jump and his passing offense gets more efficient, those three are going to see their value increase a lot from where it's currently at right now. All right. That does it for the Pittsburgh Steelers 2023 preview. We have finished our tour of the AFC North. We're going to be back tomorrow night, starting with the NFC West. So if you watched on YouTube, you made it this far, and you like what you saw, please hit the like button. Please hit the subscribe button. You'll be notified when all of our new episodes drop. Like all of our season-long fantasy football content. Like all of our golf content. Like all of our college football content that's going to be coming on there also. If you're listening to the podcast on Spotify, app or wherever else you're listening, please rate and review. Really helps me out a ton. If you are turned on to best ball by me talking about it here in this episode, use my promo code MCONLEY88 on Underdog to get your first deposit matched up to $100. If you like my rankings and like my write ups on players and you wanna see them for everybody for only $3 a month, head on over to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Mike's Money Picks. It's cheaper than other premium sites. It's cheaper than buying a magazine. Um, only three hours a month. You can get your draft guide, get your ranks, and cancel after that. It does not matter to me. But if, if I highly recommend buying that instead of getting a magazine or subscribing to another premium site. All right, that does it for the episode, guys. Next up is going to be the San Francisco 49ers. Hopefully, I was able to give you guys some information that's going to help you win your redraft dynasty or best ball fantasy leagues this year. Thank you guys for watching and listening, and I'll see you next time.